All right, let's get into the word. Let's get into the word for the day. Father, we thank you right now, Father, for the word that is about to come forth. Father, I ask you right now that you would use us, oh, Father. Use me as a teacher, oh, Father, to display, oh, Father, to communicate your word. Use them as students, oh, Father, to learn, Father. We thank you for what you are about to do in this place. And we ask you right now, Father, that you will bless everybody with an Apple phone and don't bless nobody with an Android. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm sorry. It just felt right. It just felt right. You got an Android? I don't know what to tell you. It just felt right. We love you now. It's time to upgrade. Eve bit the apple, you can buy the phone. No, I'm just messing with <laughs> So we're going to continue still. Can, are we recording? All right. I just got to ask. I know you own it. Uh, we're going to uh, continue along the lines of our prayer series, Pray Like a Child. Has anyone been praying like a child? Has it been helping and work? Has it been working for you? Because if you pray like a child, then you will be led like a child. You will hear like a child. Then you will live like a child. Then you eventually walk like a child. And as I tell you guys often, the power of Jesus' ministry was not the fact that he had the Holy Spirit. It was the fact, it wasn't the fact that he was gifted. The power of Jesus' ministry was that he was an obedient son. He was on assignment and the Holy Spirit was there with him. It wasn't a thing where he got up in the morning. He just did his thing. He had the whole list wrote out the night before. He knew tomorrow I'm going to heal everybody to come my way. It was times where he just walked into situations and had to cast out devils. It was never a thing where he he didn't have a building. He didn't have a building. All right. His ministry was in the public. It was in the streets. As a matter of fact, if you want a little bit of history, the building first started with Constantine. Right, we don't go into all that. It started with Constantine. The moment he, he, the moment he decided that he wanted to be a Christian, he made Christianity popular. Once he made Christianity popular, he moved it into a building. Once he did that, all his friends from the other religions came along and added to Christianity. That's where we get benedictions from. You, you ever seen Jesus do a benediction? Oh, okay. That's where we get the dressing up and all that from. We get all of that from Constantine. We get all of that from when they started the church. This wasn't Jesus' idea of church. This is supposed to be a spiritual education for all of us to learn it. Amen? And so... We're on our, what, one, two, three, four, this is our fifth message. All right, we talked about the first rule of prayer, which is to pray to the Father. Then we taught on understanding the secret place. Then we taught on household prayer. Then last week we did persistent prayer practices. And so today, we're going to teach from the title of Watch and Communicate. Watch and Communicate. Because we told you last week, prayer is simply communicating to God. But every bit of practicing righteousness is communicating to the Father. 
when you pray in tongues, when you pray with understanding, you are communicating with him. When you fast, you are communicating with him. When you give, you are communicating with him. When you fellowship, whether it's with us or with one another, the Bible says if two or three of you are gathered in my name, I'm there. You're communicating something. When you open the word, every time you open that word, he's going to talk to you. Every time you open that word, every time you read that word, every time he's going to talk to you. He's going to talk to you. So if you're not hearing him, it's because you're not engaging. You're not communicating. So now it is befitting that on Easter Sunday, we're going to talk about, we're going to come from Matthew chapter 26 and we're going to do verses 36 through 44 for my note takers. And the setting behind this whole teaching or this set of scriptures is Jesus is in a garden of Gethsemane. And he knows what's about to come. The cross. The crown of thorns. The cat of nine tails. He knows he's about to die a criminal's death. He knows this is about to, he knows the reason that he came to this planet is about to be fulfilled through the cross. So we started Matthew chapter 26, verse 36, and it reads, it says, then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and told his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. Now he had his 12 disciples with him. Judas was there too. All right. He told him, he said, go over here while I pray. Verse 37 says, and then he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee with him and began to, to be grieved and distressed. So he had 12 disciples. He said, you nine wait over here. Then he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee with him. Y'all with me? Verse 38. Then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Now, why does he feel this way? Because he knows what's about to happen. He knows that he came to die. And it wasn't going to be quick. It wasn't going to be a bullet in the head. <laughs> it wasn't going to be by electricity. It wasn't going to be quick. It was going to be agonizing. That's why the scripture says that we have not a priest that cannot be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. But he was tempted at all points, but yet he was without sin. He's letting them know my soul is deeply grieved. Have your soul ever been deeply grieved? He said to the point of death. He says, remain here and keep watch with me. Now, that's what we're going to talk about on the day. We're going to talk about watching, watching, watching is something you intentionally do. It's a focus. He says, keep, continue, practice, stay awake, remain right here and keep watching with me. Verse 39. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed. Now, y'all see what he did? He fell on his face 
before his father. And he said, my father, who is he praying to? He didn't pray to the Holy Spirit, is he? To his father. He's praying like a child. He's communicating with his father. Remember this relationship dictates the covenant. The relationship always dictates the covenant. All y'all right now can raise your hand and you can say, I'm hungry. Okay. You ain't nothing to do with me unless you them. <laughs> the covenant I have with my children is I have to take care of them no matter what they do. No matter what they say, no matter how they act. You got to understand the covenant. The father made this covenant with us. He didn't make this covenant and say, you know what? This covenant is only going to stand as long as you do the things I like. No, that was the old covenant. That was the old Testament. The old Testament was predicated on what you did right. This new covenant is on, is predicated on the fact that you have his DNA. So Jesus is praying. He says, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Anybody ever felt like that? Yet not as I will, but as you will. So he's praying to his father. He's saying, look, I don't want to go through this. I do not want to go through what is about to take place. Now, we have a problem with that just forgiving. I heard an amen in the spirit. <laughs> I heard it. I know. I don't know who it was. We have a problem. Let's just forgive. Say, I'm sorry. Mm. <laughs> I feel it in my side. <laughs> but what I want to tell y'all on this morning before we even get into the, into the teaching is. He says, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Now, Jesus is about to go to the cross. Had he not been doing this throughout his whole life with the father, this becomes impossible. That's why we tell you, you have to practice righteousness, because if he's not practicing righteousness, that cross is he's going to avoid it. This is not something this is not the first time he did this. This is not the first time the father wanted him to do something that he did. He was reluctant because the way it was going to make him feel or what was going to happen. It was a practice of every day him getting up, him approaching the father, saying, what is it that you want me to do? Him uh, uh, following the instructions and seeing the results. So when it got to a situation in which was pretty much unbearable. He was able to say, my father, I don't want this cup. Nevertheless, I want your will to be done. I'm not interested in my will. You, that's why we practice righteousness. If you don't practice righteousness, your will will override the fathers and you will never see the spiritual life you're supposed to have. Verse 40, it says that he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. They weren't used to this practice. <laughs> And he said to Peter, so you men could not keep watch with me for one hour, just one hour. It's a training question. <laughs> you got no endurance. 
One hour. Can we pray for one hour without dozing off? I'm sorry. I apologize. Can we pray continuously for one hour without stopping, checking my phone, checking my watch? Verse 41. This is the meat of our message. It says, keep watching and praying so that you do not come into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So he told them, now, this is not just something he said to them just because of this moment. This was a practice that they were going to have to continually do for the rest of their Christian life. As long as they were sons of God, as long as you were children of God, you're going to all, you're going to have to keep watching and keep praying so you don't fall into temptation. Because the spirit is willing. The spirit won't come to church, but the flesh that pillow, them sheets, your favorite jogging pants, your robe. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm talking to your flesh now. Y'all, some of y'all feel like you in the spirit. You ain't the spirit. It's hard sometimes, ain't it? But the spirit is willing. Jesus was telling them the spirit is willing, meaning it's, it, it's built to do that. That's all it wants to do. Your spirit only wants to pray. Unless it's demonic. (laughs) Your spirit wants your flesh to go on the fast. Your spirit wants to do everything that the father. That's why he said conform to the image of my son. His son is a spirit. That's why he told us have the mind of Christ. Meaning spiritually You're going to be told, asked to do certain things and you're going to be expected to comply. And whether you comply or not, it's going to be based on whether you are willing to follow the spirit or you succumb to the flesh. Okay. Y'all got that look on your face. Verse 42. He went away again a second time and prayed, saying the same thing. My father, if this cup cannot pass away unless I drink from it, your will be done. Verse 43, again, he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were heavy. And he left them again and went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. So Jesus comes before the father three different times saying, take this cup away from me. Take this cup away from me. Now, you would think this was vain repetition, wouldn't you? It's not. This is a a child talking to the father. Talking to his father. And he's saying, I do not want to drink from this cup. This cup is unbearable. This is going to hurt. This is going to be painful. But nevertheless, let your will be done. But like I told you, the meat of our message is going to come from Matthew 26 and 41. Where he says, keep watching and praying so that you do not come into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, this is a two-part command. Give my slide. This is a two-part command. One, keep watching. Keep watching for temptations and weakness of the flesh. 
The other part is keep praying because of temptations and the willingness of the spirit. Now, when he tells us to keep watching, when it comes to watching, it's levels to it. I have to let y'all know this. Y'all with me on a date? Y'all like y'all came to learn. There's level to there's levels to watching. Now, watching to watch means to intentionally. You don't accidentally watch TV. You turn it on and you look directly at it. You stay focused on it because you want to see what's happening. Am I right? It's levels to it. First, you watch for yourself. Then you watch for your household, right? Then you're given the assignment of watching over ministry. The issue with, I don't know, with Christendom, is everybody wants to be on the same level. We're supposed to watch for ourselves. Look at your life. Make sure you're not walking in the flesh. Make sure you're walking in the spirit. Then, once I get married, I can watch my wife. I can watch my kids. That's why he says before you can take the position of pastor or anything like that, he says you have to be able to run your household. So you have to be able to watch yourself then you watch your household and then he say, okay, now I can give you a bigger assignment. It's levels to watching. Just like it's levels to studying. You don't study. Your first time you open the Bible, you study and then now you think you're ready to preach to a congregation. No. You study for yourself to learn. Then after you study for yourself to learn, you give a couple Bible studies. Then he gives you assignment because you continually or you kept doing it. So now, the whole thing with the watching is so that we would not fall into temptation. James chapter 1 verse 13 through 15 says, no one, you go back, no one undergoing a trial should say, I am being tempted by God. Since God is not tempted by evil and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desires. So watch and pray unless you fall into temptation, your own evil desires. Verse 15, then after desires have conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. So how does this look? You stop watching, you stop praying, then the next thing happens is your flesh takes over your life. The thing, temptation is your personal enticement of the things that, the sin that you like. The things that your flesh desires. He's saying keep watching and keep praying. Keep looking at yourself. Every day you should be focused on your spiritual life. You should wake up every single day and every, this is the whole thing behind praying without ceasing. Is every moment of your life you're watching yourself. The problem in church and the problem with people is they watch everybody else. 
It's easy to watch other people and say what they're not doing or what they should be doing. It's easy to do that. How often do you have that conversation with yourself? So we're going to break this down a little bit. I'm going to be out your way because I'm about to go on vacation. I'm sorry. Should I not say that? <laughs> oh, whatever. So the first part of this, he wants us to keep watching. So to keep watching means he wants us to be intentionally focused. He wants us to be intentionally focused on the relationship. Mm. Intentionally focused on our spiritual life. Because remember, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you came into the family. Now, when you accepted Jesus, who in here accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Okay, who in here child of God? So all y'all children of God. So now what that means is this. You said you wanted to give your life to him. You gave your life to him. So these instructions are not hard if you've given your life to him. They're only hard if you haven't given your life to him. Okay. He wants our life. He does not want our circumstances. He do not want our situations. He does not say, okay, you know what? Just give me your money problems. I'm going to take care of your money problems. But your relationships, you got that. (laughs) He's not saying... Give me your career, but when it comes to your money, you got that. He's saying, give me your entire life. Give me your mind, your heart, your soul. Give me your strength. Give me all your understanding. If you don't give him your life, there's no way that he can ever give you the life that belongs to you. He can't give you half of your life. He wants to give you the whole life. Everything that he predestined you to have. And so he says, keep watching. Now, keep watching in the Greek means this. It means take heed, lest through remission and indolence, some destructive calamity overtakes you. Do I have a slide for that? Okay. Keep, I'm going to read it again. Keep watching means this. This is the Greek definition. It means take heed lest through remission and indolence some destructive calamity overtakes you. Now, I'm going to deal with indolence first. To be indolent means to pretty much be slowful. To be lazy. But it can't be slowfulness if you don't know what to do. Y'all agree with that? It can't be slowfulness if you don't know what to do. You can't be lazy if you have no idea what to do. A lot of times folks will be called lazy or they will be considered lazy, but they have no idea what to do. But the moment you know what to do is slowfulness. (laughs) That's why the thing about this church, this ministry is we teach in a manner where we put the onus on you. We put the onus on you. The word is good enough to change you if you put it in you. The onus is on you. After you leave here, I'm confident that you got this. I'm comfortable that I did my job and while you out there, you can make the right decisions. We put the onus on you. 
So the moment you know what to do and don't do, it becomes slowful. Or it becomes slowfulness when you know, don't know what to do, but you refuse to learn. And this one right here going to crack a skull. So we might get some tiles. We got some tiles around here, some gauze. It's slowfulness also when you stay busy doing your own thing and you're not focused on his stuff and, and your spiritual life. It's slowfulness when you know what to do, but you stay busy doing your own thing. That's slowfulness. And these are the ways that you end up entering into temptations. So the end result of indolence is you follow the flesh, you follow the world, because Satan knows you. Satan knows your family. He knows what y'all like. (laughs) Remember, temptation is the enticement of sin. It's what you like. It's the evil that you like to do. It's what your flesh likes. Some people, it's going to be cigarettes. Some people, it might be alcohol. Some people, it might be a good argument or a good fight. Satan knows what to feed you. Sometimes he'll give you a foe. And the reason they're going to give you a foe to keep you busy. Because he knows once you get a foe, your mind is going to continue to fight, 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 fight. And what's going to happen? You're going to stop practicing righteousness. You're going to stop reading. You're going to stop studying. You're going to stop giving. And you might even stop coming to church. All because of the fight in your head. Satan knows what to do. How many of y'all ever went to go on a fast and every time you go on a fast, somebody bring you food? He knows. He knows. Oh, you finna fast? Take this free T-bone. It's marinated too. (laughs) With a lifetime supply of A1. He knows what stops you. He gives a little L. How many of y'all, before you, you get ready to come to church, you feel sick. You start feeling nauseated. He knows. <laughs> he knows. I woke up this morning. I was like, why do I feel so nauseous? Oh. Now, remission means to give relief from suffering. It means to remove a penalty, to lighten a load. Now, the issue with remittance is this. The simple fact that we have been brought into this new life, we tend to start to abuse grace. Because the penalty has been removed and we're not worried about hell, we tend to overstep grace. And I told y'all this is going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You know why it's going to happen? Because when a person gets that free, they don't know what to do. <laughs> When folks was on, if, if this was one of them churches where you was under religious bondage and you were scared of hell, it'd be packed. Come on, you know you didn't want to miss it because you thought, oh, because he might come today. <laughs> Y'all know I ain't playing. Y'all was religious all outdoors. <laughs> I'm going to church. He might come today. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, man, I've heard so, boy, I told y'all about my story. One night, it was a, it was a, a, a thunderstorm. It was cutting up. 
And I'm like, this surely must be the rapture. (laughs) And I said to myself, let me call the pastor. Because if he here, I know I'm good. And that's bad because Dr. Hardy wasn't with me. No, <laughs> but that's the bondage they had you in. We, I told you, we were told that when you get to heaven, it's going to be this long line. Y'all seen the Snickers commercial? <laughs> it's going to be this long line. And when you step to God, because it wasn't about no father, he going to say, he going to have a list of things. And he going to say, Terry, mm. You didn't do enough. That's what we were told. He said that, the, that when we get to heaven and the judgment day, he's going to be sitting there with a long list of everything that Serena did. <laughs> and that list is going to be determined whether he can get in, she can get in or not. So they use that to manipulate us to work in the church. And we thought that the people who wasn't working, oh, they surely going to hell. <laughs> and that's how they created cliques in the church. The people who were working versus the people who didn't want to work. And the pastor will always use that to separate us. So, my point of, of bringing out this about remission is don't overstep grace. All right. The, the load has been lightened. That's why he told me, he said, keep watching, keep watching, keep watching, keep praying so that you would not enter into temptation. Don't overstep grace. Don't all of a sudden find out that you're free and then say, you know what? I ain't got to do all that. I ain't. I ain't praying that much. I ain't fasting that much. All right, y'all get it. I ain't reading the word. Don't overstep grace. Because the end result is this. This is what ends up happening. When we overstep grace, we get relaxed. And we get loose. And we get loose in our conversation. Then we start disrespecting leaders. We start disrespecting the children of God. We start disrespecting people. We start having conversations that we know we should not be having, talking about things that we know we shouldn't be talking about because grace is there. Because we now that we know he ain't going to take us out, we feel like, you know what, let me. But that's but the thing about that is this. In this ministry, we vow to labor with you until Christ is formed in you. So. <laughs> we're not too much worried about that. I'm warning you because this is all about your personal destiny. This has nothing to do with me. Every message that Jesus taught or everything that Jesus said in the scripture, it was pertinent to you receiving what he, what the father had for you. So keep watching is about us focusing on our spiritual life and being observant so that grace does not lead us to being lazy. And then we end up with in this destructive calamity like Judas. 
Judas walked with Jesus and still betrayed him. He was one of them that was asleep. <laughs> Ananias and Sapphira. All they were trying to do is bring the community to a place where they had one mind, one heart. They decided not to. What happened? They weren't practicing righteousness. I guarantee you they stopped praying. I guarantee you they stopped fasting. I guarantee you they stopped showing up to the meetings. And because of that, they entered into a temptation and started having a conversation. And it was crazy how they did it. Because first, they brought the, the uh, husband in. And they said, did you agree to sell this land for this much and that much? Uh, no, man, we, we, no, we didn't do, mm, drop dead. Then they brought his wife in and said, uh, did you and your husband agree to do this for this? And then decided you, oh no, lie right there. How is it that you agree to lie to the Holy Spirit? She drops dead. Now, I know that's kind of. I know that that's kind of a rough example, okay? And I don't want y'all to be scared thinking if y'all lie, you're going to drop dead. But the thing about this is this, the community, and at that time, the, the move of the spirit was so powerful that anybody who disrupted that oneness, they had to suffer it. They had to suffer from that. Because they were trying to disrupt the oneness in the spirit. Peter, you know, Peter had a wonderful ministry. You know why Peter ministry tanked? Because he was prejudiced. He had to give him a vision. He, the father gave Peter a vision. Don't call nothing unclean. Did I say, did I say it's clean? But yet and still, Paul still catches him at the Galatia church and he don't want to eat with the Gentiles. This is the whole reason Jesus told the, told the disciples. He said, go to the children of Israel. Do not go to the Gentiles because they were prejudiced. He had to, he had to assign a whole different apostle to the Gentiles. And then when he assigned Paul to the situation, he had to, he had to make it to where Paul was in such conflict with the Jews that he had no, he couldn't talk to nobody else. Paul was a chief Pharisee. When he decided to become a Christian, he made enemies. So if you don't keep watching, you're going to enter into temptation and you're going to end up abandoning your dreams. You're going to end up divorced or you're going to marry the wrong person. I'm going to tell you my story of me and Dr. Hardy, how the father, <laughs> boy, we about to mess this all up. We about to, I'm telling you, when I tell you, we about to mess this all up. Because we wasn't practicing righteousness, we weren't doing none of that stuff. All right, we, I get ready to go to the military. She's standing right there. I want to go with you. I want, I'm like, nah, I'm good. No one God told me that was my wife. But the thing about it is, I wasn't in tune with him. So I ended up marrying some the wrong person. Felt like I was living in hot water. <laughs> so we end up getting divorced. 
And so now the first time I heard the father clearly was when he told me, go get her. I'm sitting at home. He said, when are you going to do what I told you to do? And he was just talking to me about going to get her. So I, I go get her. We get married. We about to mess it up again. We sitting in the house. I'm like, okay, we're in Illinois, but I was at the time I'm doing ministry in Louisiana. So I come get her from Illinois. We get ready to go back. Well, God ain't told me to go to Louisiana. That's what she told me. <laughs> I'm like, hey, well, is this about something? Well, you know what? Peace. I'm gone. See you later. I go outside to get in my car and they repossessed it. Can't go nowhere. Over one payment. I owe $300. They repossessed the car. It had nothing to do with that car. I go back in the house. I said, they done took the car. She said, well, I guess I got no choice but to go now. <laughs> yeah, I bought the car in Louisiana. They repossessed it in Illinois. <laughs> in front of her house. God, like, I got to make sure you idiots don't get this wrong again. <laughs> so when I tell you, if you don't watch and pray, you're going to end up doing something that you're not supposed to do. And then you're going to have to fix it. And ain't nothing worse than going through trying to fix a situation that you got yourself into because it hurts so bad. And that pain I feel like this. Got no scripture to back it up. Uh, I feel like he lets you stew in it so you don't make that decision no more. I feel like he allows you to just suffer. So the next time you're going to make a decision, boy, you're going to ask me. It's feel like a whooping. You know how you whoop your kids? And that that back, you know, that, that kind of time cry. That's how it felt. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. That's how it felt. And you know that when that whooping happened, they're not doing that no more. <laughs> That's exactly how it felt. So when I went to get, mm-mm. <laughs> because if you don't watch and you don't pray, you're going to destroy relationships. You're going to destroy opportunities. Because you're not watching, you're not praying. Because you're not practicing righteousness, you're not building yourself. And so we're going to get into the meat of the message because he said to keep watching means to focus. All right. To be intentionally focused. Now, watch. He wants us to keep watching, then communicate, meaning watch your spiritual life. After assessing it, communicate through practicing righteousness to avoid temptation or to avoid destructive calamities. So keep watching. But this is what he wants us to do. He wants us to keep watching our life, keep watching our life, assessing ourselves. And as soon as we see it, insert practice and righteousness right there. So the first one. Watch, then fast. So you want to watch your flesh. You with it every day. You want to watch your appetite. Watch your character. 
Watch the things that barrier the barriers that come between you and your destiny. Soon as you see that, soon as you know that your flesh is sending you down the wrong path fast. Watch and communicate. When it comes to giving, to praying, look at your mindset. Look at your relationship with the Father. Look at your relationship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Observe them. And then pray. Know when to engage and when to disengage. You have to be able to watch. It's, it's no mistake that Jesus would minister, 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 minister. Then you will hear him say, then he left, engaged, and went into the mountain. Why did he do that? He was, he knew that he was getting weak. Why? Because he kept ministering. So he watched his life and then he left the people, disengaged the people to go pray, to go practice righteousness. Y'all with me? You have to watch then communicate. This is how we pray without ceasing. You continually watch yourself. Don't watch everybody else. When that time comes, he'll make you an overseer. He'll put you in a place to do that. When it comes to giving, this is a good one. Look at your harvest now and in the future. Look at your bank account now. Look where you want to be. Watch it. Then Communicate, then give, give according to what you want to have. A lot of times we don't give according to what we want to be. A lot of times when we give, we're not looking at what we have. (laughs) Then watch what type of giver you are. The father says he likes a what? A cheerful giver. So you have to watch, even when you give, that you are not giving in the wrong manner. That's why he's telling them it was bigger than this little situation, okay, in which he wanted them to pray for an hour while he prayed. This was something he was trying to communicate with them that they was going to need for the rest of their saved life. Watch when it comes to your time. Watch when it comes to your service. I told you a lot of people start talking about they want to do full time ministry. But this is what it looks like. I want to do full time ministry, meaning I don't want to work. I just want to collect money and go to church. When you're going to give yourself a full time ministry, it means this. That I'm going to make myself available to the father 24 hours a day. I'm going to make myself available to his church, to his people, to his children. When we did full, when I did full time ministry, I made myself available to, am I lying? I was, I made myself available for ministry. That's what full time ministry is, right? If you got a full time job, what does that mean? You go to work for at least eight hours. If it's six, that's part time. We would, we would have church six days a week. Not only that, we would cook dinners. Not only that, look, Bishop Bell, the pastor I was under in uh, Louisiana, 
This guy was such a servant. You would wake up in the morning, he was cutting your grass. He was over your house cutting your grass. And he would wake me up, let's go cut the members' grass. This man was such a servant. We was in Louisiana. Somebody in the church would come and say their car broke down. And we're hauling cars to Houston to get the church members' cars fixed. On the church money. We clean the church. When you talk about you want to be full-time ministry, you're going to need a, it's going to involve cleaning some toilets. Because he needs to see, do you really want to serve or you just want a mic? That was the whole purpose of allowing the children of Israel to go on an 11-day journey the other way, the, the wrong way. That was the purpose of him taking them on this journey. He could have took them there. He could have got, how many of y'all know he could have did exactly what he did with the Red Sea? He could have made the, all the land move to the side and they could have walked right into Cana. But he took them through this journey, which is supposed to be 11 days, end up being 40 years, just to make sure that you want my heart and you don't want my hand. Do you want to be my child? Last week we talked about giving. Asking, about asking, about seeking, and about finding, about knocking. Asking, seeking, and knocking. The thing about asking, seeking, and knocking is most of the times we ask and we want to receive, right? We seek and we want to find, right? We knock and we want him to open that door, right? But the other, the, but the, the hindrance to that in itself is this. We want to receive, we want to find, we want the door to open, but we don't want him. We don't want the one that gives. I don't know if y'all mad or y'all getting it. <laughs> when it comes to studying, watch, then study. Watch the conversations that are coming out your mouth. Watch the conversations that are going on in your mind. Watch this thing when you're in conversation, whether it's with one another or it's with leadership, and this is the only thing coming out your mouth, what you think, what you want, how you see things. When we have conversations, they have to be in a manner where, what does scripture say? What the scriptures say, that is, that is the number one way I know when I'm talking to someone that they don't study. They're coming to me telling me what they see. They're coming to me telling me what they want. They're coming to me telling me how they think things should go and none of it has anything to do with scripture. So you have to watch the what you think and how you feel versus what does the word say? Amen. Because watch this. <laughs> this is a good one. When it comes to receiving a word, you're going to either be a sheep, a dog, or a pig. You're going to either be a sheep, a dog, or you're going to be a pig. Sheep eat grass. They don't question it. They eat it. Sheep is the dumbest animal in the world. And they know that if I'm not being led, I'm going to go the wrong way. They don't even know that. <laughs> Okay, 
But the thing about a dog is a dog will eat the word that you gave him, eat everything else, throw it up, and then eat it again. This is why the script Jesus told them, he says, do not give what is holy to dogs. This is why he says, do not cast your pearls before swine. Because you could be given a great word, but it's all about the person who you're giving the word to. They're either going to be a sheep in which they're going to take that word and they're not going to, they're going to take that word. They're going to eat that word. And, and you know what? The, the thing about a sheep is they know that a day of slaughter is coming. They know that they're here to die. That word is going to lead them to die to get the new life. But a dog, a dog is going to take what you give them. They're going to take the dog, the, uh, um, their animal appetite. They're going to eat the word and then they're going to throw it up. A pig is going to take it right back to the pig pen and they're going to put it right in the slop. So the scriptures tell us don't waste your time talking with people who are not going to receive what you say. He was telling them this on purpose because it is bad. It is bad. It is man. It is maddening when you start to dispense glory in the wrong place. And then you got none for when it's time when you need it. Jesus knew this. Sometimes he wouldn't even argue with him. Hey, tell us who caused you. Okay, well, you tell me this. <laughs> and we need to have a conversation. You're going to take everything I say. That's why I'm not, I'm not keen on just going anywhere and preaching and teaching. Because as soon as I leave, you're going to correct everything I said. Why would I waste my time? I had a pastor ask me, would I come down to, uh, to Louisiana and teach? I said, no. Because as soon as I leave, you're just going you're just gonna take everything that I said and you're gonna try to show them. No, I'm not doing that. Okay? So you have to watch. Watch your conversation. Watch your mouth. Watch your mindset. Then communicate. Then study. Because the engrafted word is supposed to save your soul. You're not supposed to be in contention with the word. You show up as students to learn. You don't show up as students to sit out there and say, well, I don't know about that, but what I, I receive that, but I don't receive that. <laughs> it's crazy how in church everybody's a professional. Everybody, everybody a professional pastor. Everybody. This don't make, it don't make sense. If Terry's a lawyer. Terry not going to listen to nobody in here who want to argue with her about the law. Amen. <laughs> it's a waste of time. Why? Because she's that's what she do. I'm not going to call to show me and argue with him about investing. <laughs> no, I know how to invest. You know, you don't shut up. He probably hang up on me. I'm not going to look. I'm not when when Kena ate in to show me doing a business and finance class. I'm a sheep. You got to learn, to, you have to understand when it ain't your profession, learn. You have to look at your study habits before you challenge somebody who always studying. <laughs> I 
I was telling somebody, I forgot who it was. This is all I do. I ain't got no plan B. <laughs> this is all I do. I was talking to Kenan. Yeah. This is all I do. I'm not arguing with people who don't do this for a living. This is all I know. I don't know nothing else. <laughs> this is one. I don't have a plan B. Preach the word. Live as a child of God. Be an apostle. That's my job. I'm not going to argue with somebody. Okay. Y'all get it. Let's keep going. The next one. Watch. Then fellowship. Watch your education. I guess I, I said way right into it. Watch your education and your learning. All right. Understand where you are spiritually. If you assess yourself spiritually, you will see you need to be a church learner. Am I right? Now, if I'm big on education, not for the information, but for the process of learning. We have to learn how to learn. We have to learn how to learn. Now, how does that look? Meaning we have to learn one that what we don't know. Two, we have to learn how to sit, receive information, ask questions, do homework, and then come back to the teacher. What was Jesus doing in the temple? Sitting, asking questions. He was learning. When his mother came and got him, she's like, surely you know I had to be about my Oh, that's the father's business. Oh, so the father's business is sitting, listening, learning, and asking questions. Until he moved you from that (laughs) to teaching. So when he said he was about the father's business, he wasn't doing miracles. When he said he was about the father's business, he hadn't healed nobody. Ooh. When he said he was being about his father's business, he was simply being a son. He wasn't looking for somebody that was lame. He wasn't looking for a withered hand. He wasn't looking to open the eyes of the blind. That didn't come to 18 years later. <laughs> the scripture said after, after she came and pulled him out of class, it said that he began to submit to them, to his parents. The son of God. For the next 18 years until 30, he turned 30, then he got the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, we backwards. We want to get the Holy Spirit. Then we want to dominate the planet. We want to do all the miracles in the world. And we ain't focused on being no son. We ain't focused on being no child. We ain't focused on being no daughter. That ain't even the focus. All of the focus is on mm, who can do the spectacular. Who's doing the spectacular? That's the father's business, learning. 
becoming a child. So watch then fellowship. Watch the strange voices that keep you away from the spiritual family. I'm going to say it again. Watch the strange voices that keep you away from your spiritual family. The father is never going to tell you, Terry don't like you. And she might not. But he, the father not going to tell you that. <laughs> the father not going to tell you that I don't like you. He's not going to tell you that. And I might not like you. But I know my job. <laughs> so we can coexist. You don't have to like everybody. You have to love them. You have to like them. Meaning I don't have to want to be in everybody's presence. I don't have to want everybody over my house. And what? Jesus died on the cross for mankind, not me. <laughs> it's not my job to die on the cross for everybody. I got my people I'm supposed to die for. I see these Christians, they want to die for everybody. You, you just got to love. Yeah, you got to love everybody. Sometimes you love people from a distance. Love them from a distance. You don't have to want everybody in your face. No, get out of my face. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I'm praying for you. But you, don't ha- you know you don't have to like everybody. But you do have to love everybody. The Bible says, oh, no man, nothing but to love them. Be respectful. The Bible says, honor all men. But those, those voices, the father is not going to tell you. Stay home because Chris don't like you. The father's not. No, we have to realize that these voices are coming from Satan himself. And the issue with us hearing the voices and responding to the voices is we're not watching where we're not praying. We're not watching. We're not communicating. Because if you were watching, you would know Satan is the accuser of the brethren. If you knew that Satan means opposition. He does everything he can to break up friendships to break up marriages, to turn kids against their parents. And if you're not watching, you're going to think the correction that's coming from a father mm, is there to harm you. And it's not. My wife tell me all the time, I get on my kids, she said, go in there and talk to them because Satan going to talk if you don't. Watch your home atmosphere. A lot of times it's the heaviness that is on you and the reason why it's hard to come to church or or is because you're not practicing righteousness at home. If you're praying at home, you feel the same thing at home that you feel here. If you reading and studying the word at home, then you feel the same. You have no problem when the word comes to you across the pulpit. Because if you're reading the word at home, you're getting corrected. You're getting corrected. There's no way. There's no way you're at home praying in tongues, building up your spirit, man, and he ain't correcting you. Most of the time, I don't like myself. In a sense, I'd be like, oh, this is raggedy. I'm not doing this right. Oh, and then I get a prophet. Come to me, he proud of you. He pleased with you. <laughs> you know why? I'm watching myself. Amen. I'm watching me. I'm not proud with the way I'm doing it. 
I want to be better at what I do. I want to make sure I'm doing it how he said do it. And I get real, my, my mother tell me all the time, you too hard on yourself. I said, no, I'm not. I'm not hard enough. I have five prophets come to me and tell me the same thing. He's proud of you. What was the one you told me? You told me several, I know, right? Like, <laughs> one told me, keep shining. One of them prophecies said, he's pleased with what you're doing. You know why he's pleased? Because I'm not, I'm only introducing y'all to the father. I'm trying to turn you to authentic children of God. I don't have no other motive than to turn you into children of God. So even when I teach or even when I'm studying, I'm watching, making sure that this message is not leading y'all to me. So we have to watch, then communicate. Watch your spiritual life. Look at your spiritual life, observe, then go on a fast because you see your flesh needed. Watch your finances. Watch, am I serving? Am I giving my time to the things the Father told me to give? Watch and then give. Watch and then do. Watch and then read the word. Another one in, in reading the word is this. Sometimes you find yourself in fear, right? When you find yourself in fear, what should you go to the word and do? Study fear. Study fear. Get all the scriptures on fear and meditate on them scriptures. Quote those scriptures until fear disappears. Anytime you're going through lust, you need to find every scripture in the Bible dealing with lust. Why? Because you need to understand the, the, the consequences of it. If you don't understand the consequences of it, you'll continue in it. But the moment you understand the consequences of it, it gives you a reason to stop. A lot of times people don't stop because one, they're not watching their own flesh. And because they're not watching their own flesh, they have no reason to engage the word. Watch your flesh, then engage. Watch how weak you are, and then you will see. The more you stay away from community, the weaker you get. The weaker you get. He created this community so that we could grow together. He created this community so we can build one another up. He didn't create this community so we can come sit and just watch. Go home, don't do the podcast, don't study, don't pray, don't do nothing. Show up the next week, same thing, all over again. Whole cycle. That's not why. He created this community so we could build one another up. That's why he says, keep watching, keep praying. So that you do not enter into temptation. Then he goes on to say that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, meaning the spirit is built to do these things. The Bible says he created us in Christ for good works. The spirit is willing. The Bible says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The spirit is willing. The Holy Spirit is there to do what? Teach, remind you, to lead you, to guide you, to instruct you. The spirit is always willing. It's your flesh that prevents you from hearing. It's your flesh that prevents you from going forward, doing the things he told you to do. Then he says flesh is weak. Weak means this. 
lacking power to perform demanding task, spiritual tasks. You ever went to pray, start praying and couldn't pray? <laughs> what is that an indication of? You in the flesh, your flesh is weak and you're living off the flesh. You can't pray because you're not in tune with the spirit. Your flesh is overpowering you from praying. And a lot of time when that happens, you know what people do? They just don't pray. But I'm going to give you some, some tidbits. Anytime you can't pray, put the word on. Listen to the word. Listen to messages. Go to the podcast. Do five, five, five straight hours of, of word time. Sometimes when you can't pray, read. When you can't read, fellowship. Call somebody just to talk about the Father. You have to watch and you, you have to watch and then you have to communicate. You have to watch, then you have to make sure that I'm doing what it takes to get this spiritual life. You can't just sit back, don't observe your prayer life, don't observe your fasting life, don't observe your, you going to church, don't do, don't, don't focus on your word time, and then this is what happens. You want the spotlight. You want your destiny, but you're not willing to do what it takes to get your destiny. Y'all with me? Because like I told you, this is a growing church. This is a growing church. All right. We're here so that you can be developed. We're not here to meet, just do a message and then go home. No, we're here so that you can grow. Now, the significance of Jesus in the garden, I'm going to get this to you, then I'm going to close out. Jesus is in the garden giving up his will. Now, this is really along the lines, this is the same setting as Adam was in the garden. He had a decision to make. I can give my will up and everybody coming after me can be blessed by it. Or I can succumb to the will of Satan and everybody who comes after me can be cursed. That is the significance even of you in your private life. If you're not practicing righteousness, everybody who's coming after you is doomed. If you're not practicing righteousness, your kid's destiny is doomed. Why? Because if you don't hear from the father and get your destiny, they can't get theirs. The whole purpose of you getting in your destiny is so that everybody else can. Watch this. If me and Dr. Hardy don't get into our purpose, they're not married. Either they meet at a Catholic church. Your destiny means something to other people. I told you, Jonah was in that mouth of that fish. It had nothing to do with him being disobedient. It had to do with the 250,000 people that was in Nineveh waiting on him. Imagine this. Imagine if Jesus decided he didn't want to do his will. What if Jesus said, Father, I ain't drinking a cup. Where are we at? Still lost. 
still lost. That's why you have to watch the stuff that you fall in love with. You got to watch your I must. You get what I'm saying? I must go to work. But I don't, what about reading? (laughs) What about reading the Bible? I got to get my money. Okay, but what about fasting? We have some I must that don't align with the Father's will. We got things that we say that I have to do this. And it ain't word time. (laughs) I ain't convicting nobody, am I? I hope not. I'm lying. We have, our, we have to watch our, I must. Jesus said, I must preach the gospel because this is why I was sent. I must seek and save that which was lost. And you don't get there without constantly practicing righteousness. You don't get there without having this life of, of constantly communicating to the father. If his life, if your life belongs to him, then you, like I told you, every morning you wake up, you in his household. Kids, I'm telling you right now, at the age you are, you can do great things. You can get your destiny now. Your destiny don't start when you're 40. Don't wait till you're 50 years old and say, okay, you know what? Now it's time to settle down. No. Now it's, no, we're not taking, but you know what? The reason why you do that a lot of time is because most of the time when they hear the word preached, it's all about them dying and going to heaven. And that's too far away. You get complacent. If that's the only way I live my life is because what's going to happen when I get to heaven, you get complacent. Because watch this. You can do good for six months, but then you got that one month that you didn't do good. <laughs> now you die, and you've been doing good for six months straight, and that one month gets you in hell. That's a lie. <laughs> it's a lie. That's why I tell y'all, in Christ, we're not worried about hell. Hell is for people outside of Christ. Hell is for people outside of Christ. We're not living our life to try to to get a mansion in heaven. We're not. We're living our life here to be sons and daughters. When we get there, watch this. Let's say it like this. We live our life to be sons and daughters. It's going to be a challenge to y'all. But it's going to be fun. Amen? Let's say this. When we die. Look at Terry. Let's say this. When you die, you receive on the other side according to your, the stage of sonship you're in. If you die a nepios on the other side, you can only do things infants can do. If you die a pation, you can only experience life as a pation. If you die a technon, it don't matter as long as you're a child of God. Right? And I'm not saying that's how it's going to take place. I'm just telling you. Your goal on earth is to reach the we are stage. Your goal on earth is to be an authentic child of God right here. If you do that, you ain't got to worry about no hell. You don't worry about hell. If you live your life as a child of God... Plus, you get your destiny. Plus, you get purpose. Plus, you get angelic assistance. 
Plus, you got a spiritual family. We make this thing difficult. We make it unbearable at times. Practically sci-fi. We do. We, we, make it inc- inc- we make it ridiculously hard to live this life. I was talking to a brother, and the brother told me, I'm closing. I'm done. I was talking to a brother. And, no, I'm not going to say that story. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> she said, what? No, I mean... The thing about me and Dr. Hardy, y'all have to understand, a lot of times we talk about stuff over this pulpit because we have a practice. And so we're ministering to people all month long. Y'all have no idea. We minister to y'all, but then when we go home, we minister to people through the practice. We, I talk to more, this, this was my question I need to ask y'all, okay? I talk to so many people that go to other churches in the Atlanta area and outside the Atlanta area. All of them tell me the same thing, we're not growing.